The Verging on Greatness, a podcast about films that verge on greatness, but mostly just wallow in mediocrity, with your hosts, Mike Porkfeld and Craig Cerventi. Craig. Hello, Craig. Hello. Hello, Mike. Talk about a movie which is, as the title suggests, verging on greatness. It is close. It's pushing up there. It's it's trying to trying to climb that ladder. Mm, you know, trying to, so trying much to climbing. get up there, but it's just something is something's clinging to it, clinging to the boot, holding it down. <laughs> and we try and dragging it back down into the doldrums. Try and identify what it, what is keeping it stuck on the stuck on the mediocrity rung of the ladder that's right what is it what uh, is and, it that's got it stuck there and today we're, we're going to talk about uh train spotting too uh, i'm going to attempt to get through this without putting on a scottish accent uh, okay particularly because... i'm not going to have that problem because <laughs> i can't do accents yes. so, without uh, offending people uh, I, I do you do your best i do know <laughs> that a friend of mine who listens i have a, a scottish friend of mine listens to this podcast and if, if I, he hears me murdering a scottish accent i will never hear the end of it so i'm, gonna get through this. I'm not going to do it it is it is particularly difficult to do um luckily neither of us have been reading the books recently it is particularly difficult to do when you've been reading the books with the phonetic scottish right because it's phonetically in the book yeah it's amazing how it gets into your brain the first couple of pages it's impossible to read you can't understand any of it but once you once you fall into the in the phonetic interpretation you, you start what i did anyway i found myself thinking in scottish um, when I read when I read Train Spotting and then and then Porno not long after that, uh, on which this film is loosely based. So we're doing Train Spotting right. too. So when you're thinking when you're thinking in Scottish, do you start thinking like in Haggis per Cabritos or <laughs> is, that, is that what thinking in Scottish means? What what exactly does that mean? Is that like golf courses per tartan script? <laughs> <laughs> Heroin addicts. Per, oh, <laughs> per, per deep fried massage parlor. Per, per deep, yeah. heroin addicts per massage parlor. <laughs> That's an official unit of measurement, apparently. In this film. <laughs> so, how many heroin addicts? How many heroin addicts does it take to open a massage parlor? Three. <laughs> Well, yeah, not that's not enough. Apparently, according to Train Spotting, that, that is not enough. <laughs> Um, yes, yeah. yeah, so Spotting 2 is, is a, a follow-up uh, 20, 20 odd years on from the events of Trainspotting um, uh, sequel. Uh, they managed to get the managed to get the core cast back, um, and they uh, yeah, they're all back. Uh, they're following all up, them. following up twenty years on. Um, what's what's happened to these people? What happens if we throw them back? And Renton, uh, Mark Renton, has uh, played by Ewan McGregor, um, abandons his crew spectacularly and famously at the end of the first train spotting movie um and in this movie he is back uh, and um i think that's like i can see where I, I like that they waited that long i can see why they didn't just think let's do it like there, there must have been pressure at the time think of how tremendously successful train spotting was they they must have thought at the time in spite of itself let's, yeah let's let's do another there must have been there must I, have been voices even though i guess there was no book at that point yeah, the book so the book sequel harder. porno came out in what you you were saying earlier 2003 or 2000, something like that 2002 so, that, so it was quite a bit quite a bit later 
and the movie came out in 1996 yeah so i it's impossible to talk about train spotting 2 without talking about train spotting yeah um and and the marketing around train spotting is a master class in how to take your low budget independent film made in scotland on film grants and goodwill and hope mm. um, and turned it into a worldwide smash hit uh, with a soundtrack and uh that is defiant uh, defines an entire generation mm. almost um and uh i don't think i don't even think you could have a movie today like just the way that just the way that the cinema in the world has changed in the 25 years um or th- damn near th- yeah 20 something years since the original mm. came out um 25 like sound what is what is a fucking film soundtrack anymore like, mm. who buys a cd of the soundtrack of the film <laughs> when, right. when you can when some when some person you've never met and you're never going to meet has created a playlist on spotify that has all the songs that feature in the film um and you have all that music at your fingertips already like the, the yeah. world's moved on in such a way like um it, it's it's interesting i yeah i, I think i think We'll probably save a bit of that conversation for the end of this because the original Transporting is such an iconic film for a whole bunch of reasons, not just because it's actually a pretty cool story. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll tr- I'll try not to talk too much about Trainspotting and its impact in the 90s mm. as opposed to like Trainspotting 2 and the film we're talking about here today. But I, I suspect if you're tuning into this because you've seen that it's a podcast and we're talking about Trainspotting 2, you're, you're, you're just screaming at us from your headphones now going... What about Train Spotting? That was a really important film. Yeah, and we're, we're going to spoil the shit out of both these movies. So if you oh, if both you these movies are getting them, spoiled. If you haven't watched them, and you want to, um, and you don't, don't want to go do that happens, now. Don't go do that now. Pause. Pause us. <laughs> Spoiler go, alert. Go and watch. Uh, they're all drug addicts. Um, and so. I should I should caveat as well. Discussion of Train Spotting. I actually wrote um, um, when I did well, I did a postgraduate research paper um, not long after this movie came out. Probably about ninety. Uh, no, it must have been about 2003, actually. It must have been. So it was a reasonable while after this movie came out, but I wrote that about um, drug movies from... Oh, did you? Yeah, kind of starting with starting with Easy Rider and then through, huh. to, through to Trainspotting and um, Requiem for a Dream. Um, and okay. how they kind of simultaneously glamorize and demonize drug use. Right. Yeah. And, and kind of how that, how that dynamic plays out like so you, you easy rider would be glamorizing it because that's easy rider easy, yeah easy rider gla- well well <laughs> yeah i do want to talk about train spotting too at some point but i, I think <laughs> i think easy rider similar to train spotting and requiem for a dream it, it equally it equally you can walk out of it thinking well that's using that drug is a terrible idea those people come to a sticky end yeah uh, it doesn't work out well for any of them um I w- I'm not going to do that. And at the same time, you go, but they're pretty fucking cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <They're> cool people <laughs> running around um, on their motorcycles with I, their football helmets. Yeah, yeah. I want to. I want to hang out with them. Uh, yeah, yeah. They have a good time. Um, uh, but do you uh, want to hang out with sexy. the cast of Train Spotting? <laughs> <laughs> no, not really. They don't seem like my kind of people. They, Peter Fonda, however, they let's a, do it. They have a good time. I, mean, mm. I think Requiem for the Terrifying Requiem for a Dream is the, is the one that I definitively walked out of thinking oh boy drugs I, are bad uh, drugs, mm. drugs are bad <laughs> well, I think it's, I think specifically quite, addiction is bad right what's that yeah I think specifically addiction is bad and yeah. so I think 
it's very easy to go oh drugs are the problem it's like no 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 addiction addiction is mm. a real beast here mm. um, because you can be addicted to freaking uh comics uh, he says with a shelf of comics behind him but <laughs> yeah. um and i mean that's not destructive it's just like you know you have addiction and, and people people are self-destruction and self-destructive in their own way uh, he says with no actually real experience with addiction outside of coffee and cigarettes so. yeah yeah um yeah so anyway dragging this <laughs> dragging this back back to the movie been going for eight minutes and haven't said a single word about transporting two yet um, so transporting to <laughs> it's it's 20 years on the characters are older um, they've got the entire band back together get, and the whole band's back together um so the whole, whole danny cast, boyle whole cast are there uh, and the also writer's danny back, boyle, the director also um uh what's the writer's name hodge john hodge john hodge um so same writer same director all the cast is there ewan mcgregor um he's patched it up with danny boyle um they had some sort of a falling out uh i, I don't know i haven't dug into into what's on the internet to determine the, the, what exactly is the kind the of little bit i've dug into it sounds like real real schoolyard drama where someone didn't invite someone to their party wow. and then everyone got upset right um, but yeah but anyway though yeah they were a, they were a genuine a genuine collaborative pair in the start of beginning of both of their careers and famous oh yeah kind of, the kind of first three danny went, boyle famously films went separate yeah. ways uh, and yeah. went on to have wonderful dazzling careers of their own and so uh, and I think this is the first. This must be the first thing that brought them back together. I don't think they collaborated on another movie before this, did they? Uh, not since um, a life less ordinary. So I think right. Danny Boyle and Ewan McGregor parted ways yep. over the casting of of um, uh, the, beach, the Beach, where I think Danny, I think because Danny Boyle did the Beach, I think Luke, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio uh, is is cast in the Beach, and I think that was either discussed with ewan mcgregor or ewan mcgregor there was some kind of feeling that ewan mcgregor should be the 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 leonardo dicaprio character in that film um i don't know if there was like a gentleman's agreement or a handshakes in the back room somewhere but um that that's effectively where things fell apart um i i haven't looked into it it sounds like some hollywood drama that Mm. we really shouldn't give any more credence to um but yeah, so yeah, I think you're right. I think this is the first time that the two of them are in the same room discussing a train spotting. Mm. Uh, are discussing films together, and mm. it's train spotting is the one that they do. Yeah. Um. So we'll not that so... not that we're not that not working together hurt either of their careers. No. Ewan McGregor no. went on to do all sorts of things. Danny Boyle went on to win Oscars and do all sorts of things. So I, th- I think I think both of them came out of that came out of that relationship yeah. quite well. Yeah. They, so. they both they both did well. Um, yeah. So, so story story twenty years on. Um, so Renton. So you're, you're introduced to the four the four principals: um, Renton, Bigby, Spud, and um, Sick Boy, aka Simon, um, living their lives. And you're, you're you're quickly caught up with what they've been doing. Bigby's been in prison. Um, Spud has been trying to. He's he's the only one who's been kind of wrestling really wrestling with an addiction seemingly having any kind of um um, side effect or consequence to his addiction rent well renton renton so the first scene you see him and he's running on a treadmill and you so you presume that he's living a healthy happy life he's you see he's wearing a wedding ring and you presume he's you're left to presume he's living a healthy happy life um in amsterdam uh which obviously echoes the opening to the originals train spotting where the opening to the original one is um, renton and simon running yeah. uh, to lust for life by iggy pop 
Uh, so it, this one opens in the same way. It's just that instead of running from the police, they're running. He's running on a treadmill. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, and um, uh, Simon is he's he's running a, a blackmail scam. Um, That's right. Involving in, involving um, uh, tricking people into compromising situations. Well, he, yeah, them. he's getting. Yeah, filming them, getting getting influential people into compromising situations, filming them, and then blackmailing the the bejesus out of them. Yeah, um, <laughs> in a scheme that's bound to go wrong. Yeah. So and and so Renton finds himself heading back to heading back to Scotland. Um, you see that his he goes and sees his dad. Um, his mum is not around, um, so it's obviously she's she's passed away, and that's what's drawn him back to Scotland. He's also had a at the end of that treadmill, that opening sequence, he fully collapses on the treadmill. So he's also had some sort of medical incident. Um, reminder that he is now 20 years older um, and perhaps starting to feel the effects of his um, rough youth. Hmm? Um, and so so he's back and the, the characters slowly get drawn back together. Um, Bigby breaks out of prison. Um uh, in, in 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 true um, comic book fashion too, so he he gets transferred to the infirmary and then and then proceeds to just walk out. Yeah, he gets someone. He get, has someone stab him. There's a friend. <laughs> pays a friend to stab him. With <laughs> just a little bit, mind you, a little bit this side and a little bit that side. And he gets he gets shish kebab. He's got, so, a, uh, he's got a book <laughs> book open in his prison room of human anatomy. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Stab me here and here. Which is actually, yeah. which is just stupid enough to work. Like you can, you can completely, <laughs> I, can, I completely buy that. I think that's great. Um, you can just see that the, the, the Scottish prison guards, minimum wage prison guards kind of going, mm, stabbing. Uh-huh. Guys yeah. get stabbed. Whatever. <laughs> Book. Yeah. I guess I guess also like um, he's an older bloke now, so um, he must have been Robert Carlyle must have been the oldest of them when when the first one was filmed, mm. um, and uh, as Bigby, um, and he's a much older gent now, so he looks he looks definitely on the downhill slide of, of middle age. So yeah. he's, he'd be in his he'd be in his late fifties, early sixties. Um, but still an incredibly menacing character. Yeah. And he's, he's only um, meant to be about a year older force. than the others. He's definitely he's a lot older than him. in school, and yeah. Big B's a little bit older because he was held back. But um, Right. He's only, he's only right. Well, that be, makes sense. He's only meant to be marginally older, but he's... I agree. I always got the, got the impression he was significantly older, like five plus years. Five or six years older than the others, yeah. Uh, and if I have a look at their date of birth, I can see that uh, McGregor is 50 and um, Robert Carlyle is 60, 10 years older. Right, so there he's, you 10 go. Years, he's 10 years older. Yeah. He's definitely 10 years older. So, um, um, so um, Renton goes and visits Spud. Um, yep. who he, he walks in on Spud attempting suicide. He's failed to... Um, He's, he's failed to uh, to win his war and his addiction, and he's he's giving up and committing suicide. Um, but Renton saves him. Goes about reconnecting with Spud. He goes and visits Sick Boy as well, um, and promptly gets into a fist probably, fight. Probably gets gets uh, gets into a fight, and it, it, at any rate, eventually they patch up as well. Um, and. Um, at that point, it's about the first. Time. And they patch up really quickly, and I think here's here's where the film 
immediately for me that the wheels start to come off this movie whereas like there's 20 years so at the conclusion of train spotting renton screws over his gang because there's a drug deal that they do at the end of train spotting where they 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 wind up with a load of heroin in their possession that's got a decent amount of street value and then they go and sell it and they end up with like thirty thousand pounds it's not a lot of money but it's enough to give somebody a, a in 1996 it's enough to give somebody a new start in life um uh, and renton famously screws them all over gives sick boy uh, sorry not sick boy gives um spud four thousand pounds which would have been uh, his cut of the of the deal and begby was a hundred percent going to to screw them begby was 100 percent going to take all that money for himself um and uh he he fucks off and so that's a big part of him not having come home is the fact that he's he's fucked off and screwed them all over and he comes back and um johnny lee miller um who plays uh, sick boy and um Ewan McGregor play, um, to get into a fist fight and resolve their differences through violence. Um, uh, Renton gives sick boy Simon uh, his his cut, the four thousand mm. pounds, and goes, "There you go." Um, and and then moments later, it seems like they are back on track, being the best friends they were in the first film. So yeah, and and it kind of it kind of relies on a bait and switch the way they do that, where. Um sick boy invites Renton to stay and re-establish a life and work with him on mm. the various scams and jobs scams. he's, he's going to set up yeah. a, he's, is, it, is it at that point that he knows he's, he's got the plan for the the bathhouse the brothel and he invites yeah I think, think he's he does and he invites Renton to be part of it yeah to help finance it um, but so, and Renton um, walks out he's ready to leave but and then they and then it's revealed so this is around the first turning point about half an hour and it's revealed that um renton has he, he he's presented himself as having as living a wonderful successful life um but he's yep. he's not he's he's claimed that he has a he has kids he doesn't have kids he's claimed that he's got a successful marriage he doesn't he's getting a divorce um he looks and, and he's he lo- claimed that he's got a a good job but he's about to be made redundant he's about to be made redundant um and he looks to be perf- in perfect health and great and great fitness but he's got a heart but he's, not. Got this, he's got some sort of condition and so the only the only one thing the only part of that that we are as an audience are privy to is the health condition but everything yep. else is kind of revealed at once and it's quite yeah it's it's abrupt and i have to i would say i found it a little bit annoying i feel like it's more of something that you drop about five minutes in as you as your kind of inciting well, incident than half yeah an, you half should let the audience in. and Yes, I mean if you're gonna if you're gonna tell a lie to another character in in the story, surely surely the audience should be in on the lie because that that gives you the stakes, right? Yeah, so, exactly. I mean, far be it for me to criticize Danny Boyle, Academy Award winning director Danny Boyle, and and um, John Hodge, very successful film um, writer, but surely surely for us the tension is. Um, oh, sick, uh, Renton's turned up. He's told a whole bunch of lies. So there's your first. There's your first stakes in the ground. He's told a whole bunch of lies. How long till the house of cards comes crashing down? Yeah. And um, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I th- yeah, I think I like I like that more. Or I don't, as as an audience, you just feel like, oh, well, what 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 was? The, yeah, what, what the hell was all of that for? Yeah, I mean, the thirty minutes. You could have just started the movie there. Yeah, now he's now turned back up. His marriage is failing. Yeah, he's had a heart attack. He's had a minor heart attack. Yeah. He's been given a stent. He's been told that he's got another thirty years without any problems. And and like that, that's an actual line in the film. They've given me thirty more years. 
um, but what the hell do I do with it? Like mm. I've done everything I want to do. They didn't tell me what I could do with the rest of my with my thirty years. Give me three years, I know what to do with that. Um, give me thirty, I don't know what I'm doing with thirty years. So. And, and actually, to, to to dig into this, um, um, actually, I watched this. Caitlin watched this with me, my wife, and she she pointed out that what you really need from Renton, you 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 know Renton's tragic flaw. He has no loyalty. Mm. That's right. That's established in the first movie. That's the whole. That's what the, the whole first yep. movie is about. And that's kind of the addict's. That's that's when you when you've got that's when you've got a character when you've you got a character who's an addict, and you need they yep. need to have a tragic flaw. You make them as likable as hell, but they need a tragic flaw. They'll get everything going for them, but their tragic flaw is they will look after themselves and their addiction. Yep. Number one. Number one. That's what that and that's what that's that encapsulates the addict's um, struggle. Yep. They're challenged, 100%. Um, yep. and so why? So he the reason the reason that's given that is that he is um, separating from his wife is that they can't have children. Why not tie right. that to his tragic flaw? Why not make him? He has he has failed to be. He has been disloyal to his wife. He's cheated on his wife, and that's why they're splitting mm-hmm. up. That is Renton. That is that's what he would do. That is what. Yeah. That is that is his. He has. He has tried to live a good life and he's kept it up for 20 years, but that tragic flaw has come home to roost. Yep. He couldn't keep it up. Something was, some, an opportunity was put in front of him. That, because that's, that, a, that's chal- the... a challenge to his loyalty that he, he could not um, overcome. And, and I think, I mean, just to spoil the podcast early, I think this is where, this is where I get frustrated with this movie. In the original film, he's given, at the end of the film, he's given this moment, this choice where he, he gets clean in the original film. They use him to, to test whether the gear is any good. Um, because, uh, and he, he, he pronounces that the heroin that they've got is good and it's of good value. So he gets high one more time. And then there's this moment at, at the end of the film where he is given the opportunity to choose between um, going back on the drugs or um, proceeding with the deal and um, that's the that's the turning point for the character is he he chooses to he chooses to go ahead with the deal and then subsequently screw over all the other lads um, but that's early on in this film like that's where the character falls in on itself um, because uh, he doesn't stay true to the underpinnings of the character that we've established in the first film um, and he's now he's not and I, I think this is because uh, it's Ewan McGregor, uh, 2017 Ewan McGregor, and not nobody Ewan McGregor in 1996. 2017 Ewan McGregor needs to be likable and he needs to be an actor that everyone can get in behind and he's affable and friendly. You mm. can't have Ewan McGregor being an asshole. He is frigging uh, Obi-Wan 19- Kenobi. He is Obi-Wan fucking Kenobi. <laughs> Um, uh, and in, in 2000 and in 1996, he's Ewan. No one fucking knows who you are, McGregor. You can you can be that asshole character, but you can't be that asshole character in 2017 because you're Ewan McGregor. Um, and I, I think that's where I get frustrated with this film straight away. Is um, you're right. Uh, he doesn't have that. He, the character doesn't remain true to itself. He says, um, "All all knowing." <laughs> <laughs> It's, I've never yeah. made a movie. What do I know? It, <laughs> it comes out. It comes out feeling like, um, yeah, just just feeling like it's it's stitched together a little bit. And, and yeah, just, a little bit. Kind of Deus Ex Machina. No, I'm not actually successful and married and have children. We're divorced. Might and... I point out, expertly stitched together because this film fucking looks 
phenomenal oh, sure. and it's 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 cut great like the camera work is fucking top notch um danny boyle is even even on his shittest day danny boyle is better than either mm. of us will ever be um at filmmaking but yeah i think ugh, frustrating movie and so the and the next thing that happens after that is actually the the i for me the best sequence in the movie which is the and it's the kind of yeah, it's the second act, the beginning of the second act, exactly what you want from the first half of the second act. It's what happens when these guys get to be, get together and start scamming again, and they run this. They run this fantastic scam where they um, oh, go, the, to a, the... go to a pub where the people <laughs> the people who, are, who attend this pub. Um, I don't understand. I don't understand the tradition or how how common it is, but the people who attend this pub celebrate something that happened every year. They celebrate it on this anniversary, but something that happened in a particular year. 18, 1886 Yeah, and they go to the they go to the they go to the pub and they steal all the credit cards. Um, they're leaving the pub and they there's a, a fantastic sequence where they everyone in the pub sings gets up and sings a song in support of this support of this event that happened and so these two they get it they're forced to get up in the and sing the improv of this song it's brilliant and then they once once they get away with these credit cards they take them straight to the bank machine and they test them all and no, knowing that 80 percent or more are going to use of the those same people, four digit same pin number, number yeah of this event that happens um, I feel I feel dumb. I, I assume it was eighteen eighty six. Hold on, I'm just going to check that out because I I, I feel oh, I don't feel like that's yeah. I think um, I, I feel like that's one of the things that like we should know. But yeah, it's it's a um, yeah. It is that is for me. Um, I because I've only seen this film twice, and um, I, I when when we were discussing doing it for the podcast, I was trying to remember um, scenes that stood out for me in this movie um and i've got to say like i didn't remember the nightclub scene i didn't remember the 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 song and dance routine um i remembered um i remembered uh, robert carlyle um being an absolute tour de force of, you know an absolute yeah. um force of nature i remembered um i remembered the the glass the the the, the, the climax with the yeah with the cable and the, and yeah. the glass room with the mirror room. Um, and, and I remember the, um, I remember the last shot of the film with, with the song that plays. Mm. I did not remember that. Uh, however, all I can think about now, having seen it a second time is that fucking magic scene with Ewan McGregor and Johnny Clee Miller. <laughs> improvising, improvising, this song. improvising a song with the same three chords on the piano and, and, and rhyming, uh, you know, Ewan McGregor rhyming along to this, this fictitious song he's just made up and, and how all of those people in that room are just eating it up. <laughs> <laughs> they love it. But it's, oh, it's, it's it also really well put together in that in that kind of because um, uh, scam running running scam kind of film story because it does you don't know what's going on. It seems like it's just a scam where they they're just nicking a bunch of credit cards, but it's not clear until the very conclusion of the scene where they're, they're taking them to the they're at the bank machine to the atm oh, yeah they've all got the same pin number because they all celebrate people of that you know um people who live in that area or whatever it is all celebrate that particular event that happened in a particular year and so the the, the pennies drops later on um, yeah and it's ah oh, that's clever it's really clever they i do feel like they miss a trick um around what actually draws them into the song where with the, the heist movie um you normally kind of 
Yeah, there's that opportunity to raise the stakes and again by bringing in the tragic flaw usually it's usually it's greed right you're running the heist you're getting the money from the till and then you hey let's go for the vault um, yeah there's more money yeah, in the vault we don't have yeah, we don't have time to go floor, to the vault right? but the greed the greed draws them in and then that raises the stakes and then they get into the more dangerous situation where it doesn't really there's no point where they they opt to stay longer and then that escalates the situation they're just walking out and they're just stopped at the stopped at the door by a bouncer and, yeah. and he asks them if it's like can. you can't are you leaving now without singing a song lads yeah so it's like okay yeah um so i, I yeah feel like there's again there's just an opportunity to um an opportunity to tighten up the storytelling a little bit by actually have them uh, again tie back to the tie back to the tragic floor and have that that be the, be the result of them having to make the, the more difficult escape from the situation than they had expected but it's, it's which is like we hadn't discussed this prior so this is just us riffing of like look behind the curtain here folks mike and i have a bit of a discussion about the film where we talk about points that we might want to bring up but then a lot of the a lot of this conversation is unscripted and just organic and so like just talking about the film uh, so you get the true friend experience here where we just talk about films and talk shit uh, or i talk shit and mike actually talks from a, a position of authority because he's got a degree in, in creative film uh, creative writing um but just frustratingly just i've just been mulling over what you said earlier about the tragic flaw and he's not loyal what does fucking uh, renton do in this film he conducts an affair with fucking simon's bulgarian girlfriend who's not anna de Armas, but it's someone else who just looks a lot like anna de Armas. Um, and, and he conducts an affair with her. So he does, he, he, he isn't loyal. So he, he, um, he does actually just getting ahead of ourselves here. Just thinking out loud before I forget about this, but yeah, well, he does actually conduct an affair with his, his mate's girlfriend. Well, should we, should we jump to that? Because that's a little bit later yeah. on. We're jumping at, other stuff happens in the middle of the movie, but yes, naturally. So, so, um, so the, the main, the main plot, the A story is, um, sick boy wanting to establish this brothel, um, brothel f- and to keep his Bulgarian his, girlfriend happy. For the Bulgarian, uh, not quite girlfriend. Um, yeah, she, she doesn't think she's a girlfriend. She she, does. she works. She runs. <clears throat> she run, she helps him run these scams. She's the one who organizes yep. these compromising positions, and so they they've got, they've got a kind of business arrangement. She doesn't feel like she's his girlfriend. He feels like she is. It's unclear whether they sleep together or not. Um, but um, at any at any rate, you can see from a long way out, Renton's going to wind up shagging her, which he does. He um, it's it's made a pretty it's made apparent pretty early on that she's intru- she's interested in, in Renton. Yeah, um, and he, he um, takes he takes her out, and and there's a, a really I actually really like the way they do this, but there's a kind of um, there's a callback to the the choose life, the famous choose life speech from the yep. original where he explains to her what choose life is about and he goes on an impromptu choose life rant for the kind of 21st century which is, is done in a, i think that's that's quality filmmaking it's, they they harken, a, harken back highlight. to that um in a, in, a, in a refreshed kind of way um does the do first have, film have, open with the choose life or does it close or does it bookend i can't remember now like first, choose life one, does that it's lost for life first and then it's choose life because then it's that it's that born slippy song that plays over the end which was everywhere in 2000 1996 but but that he does the choose life over that at the end right choose life 
um, he does the choose life speech over the end of it in Transporting One, right? No, it's, it doesn't it's matter. A, oh, I don't remember. It doesn't really matter. Um, <laughs> the um, I, I do have one one quibble with the choose life, which is that it's it's kind of it, it hinges a lot around the the digital age. I thought, and, and there was right. I wondered if there was something more to it where it could have been something more around uh, reflecting their age, like middle age. Yeah, where where the first choose life is, you know, it's um, it's about consumerism. Cons- it's about yeah, like choosing, yeah, choosing to buy a washer dryer. It's um, yeah. it's choosing to do these things that are meaningless because you're just buying stuff and consuming things. Yeah. Whereas the you're right, the the new one is almost almost like a boomer take on like the digital age, and they don't get why you would want to share mm. your Facebook, why you'd want to share your breakfast with your Facebook followers. Mm. Um, and so it's kind of it's kind of it, it almost feels like a, a little bit of like an old man i don't understand the current world um not boomer because uh it would be more like a gen x take like yeah. I, I don't understand yeah um however it, it it feels a little bit wrong for that character to be to be complaining about how shallow things are when he is in himself a very shallow character like he is he is not he is not looking for the deeper truth in life. He seemingly is all about the here and now, the fast buck. But I don't know. Maybe I'm mis- maybe I'm misreading that. Maybe we're reading too much into it. Well, maybe all they wanted to do was just harken back to that very famous thing. Of, and again, this comes back to like what I find frustrating about this film. This film seems like the greatest hits of train spotting mm. done for the for the twentieth, the twenty first century. So. I think it's. I think what what. But he's proposing to not choose life, to choose something else, which is harkening back to a life less ordinary. Right? Is, is choose, right. choose something different choose something that choose something different the norm against yeah. the grain yeah yeah um, and, and rail even against if, the dying of the light even if that's if that's heroin addiction then that's choosing that's choosing something else there's something else that's not <laughs> the mainstream wife 2.4 children house in the burbs um so yes so you talked about you were talking about um Renton and Veron and Veronica so yes so he they they hook up they get together um and it's uh, yeah regard whatever their whatever the nature of her relationship is with simon it's clear that he shouldn't be doing it and he is um, mm. and he's quite happy to do that he doesn't doesn't feel any any particular remorse and that no. kind of speaks to the way that his and simon's relation their friendship seems to be built around or is is built around or maybe that's what they're getting at friendship or friendship among thieves um, yeah there's no honor amongst these there's, so there's, yeah there's, there's there's no honor there so he does he does that with no particular uh regard remorse or, re- yeah. or remorse but then what does it come to does he ever even nothing does he ever even find out does simon ever i'm not even, sure does simon ever even know i, don't I think simon know knows i mean because at this point i don't know I, I don't know if it ever comes up um oh no it does it does at the end because um doesn't doesn't bigby rat them out like because it, it's made apparent oh it's made apparent at the very end because um begby um uses her phone to get both of them to turn up at the nightclub and and it becomes apparent then that they've both been in uh, she's played or playing both of them or um that's right yeah that's so it's right. it's kind of right at the very end and it's and and neither of them are particularly gutted about this but then again i guess begby turns up with the intention of killing everyone so um, yeah, the story kind of runs off the rails. It does at, a little at bit at the end, and it's not quite clear what you're meant to be feeling for whom. 
uh, yeah. chops and uh, chops and changes. It gets lot, muddy. It gets really messy, end, and it's quite yeah. It's and quite then tough to follow. Yeah, there's a whole bunch of story threads which are like just like uh, nipped off mm. to go. Okay, yeah, we've covered off that story thread, um, but at the same time, like you're really you're you're invested in yeah. this the scheme that they've got going, which then just stops. And I yeah, I don't real... I don't dislike any of those story threads, but I don't know if there's too many or they they just they're not woven together in a way that's satisfying. No. And you're right. So the so this main this main plot hook is the setting up of the brothel, and about two thirds of the way in, I guess you'd call it the second turning point, is where so there's a rival sauna owner who basically turns up out of nowhere, nowhere, uh, yeah. out of out of from from absolutely nothing, and he finds him on the side of the road, not even at at one of yeah. their houses or at the place where they're building the brothel he just picks yep. them up he just rolls up in his, in his van throws them into a van he tells them to get in yeah takes them away and takes them takes them to a forest and has them dig their own graves yeah and then they manage to then, how do they get away do they he lets kind them, of talk their way he lets it? them get away yeah they talk he lets them get away but he makes them go naked so that he has to, they have to hand over their clothes um, so after terrifying them, he strips them naked and sends them back into the world, which really just seems like an excuse to put Johnny Lee Miller and, and Ewan McGregor in silly, in silly compromising situations and have them wear gumboots and stolen clothes. Um, yes, yes. It, 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 I think that would work really well in the first half of the second act. That's what your first half of the second act is about. It's, oh, look at the zany capers these guys are getting up to now. Yeah, the zany caper, right? 88 minutes into the movie wrong time this it comes out of nowhere and it has no impact on what's going on other than to end but then, other than to end the the plot point that's been the whole point of the story and, up and until then, here. then to bring sick boy into this because sick boy is the one um so he, sick boy played by uh played by the other ewan he's mm. he's actually this really tragic spud. character who didn't spud. spud who yeah sorry did i say sick boy yeah, I spud, did. Ewan um, spud um, he's the really tragic character who didn't get clean, who struggled his whole life with addiction, has that great point about, like, you left, um, and, and Renton says, I gave you your cut. He says, I was an addict. What did you think I was yeah. going to do with that money? I shot it up my arm. Yeah. Um, and it's like, and it's like this, this awareness where it's like, oh, well, yeah, of course, that's exactly what you were going to do with it. Doesn't improve his life. He's the only one who is probably accurately still in the the doldrums that he would be in like he is this really tragic character um he's got this nice little story that goes and and this plays to the the, the frustration i have with this film it wants to be this ensemble piece with all these original players um from the original film so it's like train spotting two for the new age um but it's like these this weird mishmash pastiche of characters and little story arcs that don't resolve themselves in a particularly satisfying way or 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 just get a, a neat little bow tied on it and um get a scooby-doo ending um but it, it's frustrating because it for me like at this point in the film he's the one that's like getting his shit back together he's discovered that he can write he's clearly meant to be the author uh, of the mm. book like he it, it's he's clearly meant to be the walsh irvine of this the, of this story walsh irvine wrote the books um and uh, he's he Irvine Welsh, sorry, got it the wrong way around. Um, Irvine Welsh wrote, he's clearly meant to be the, the author stand-in or the author mm. um, analogy. Um, and um, 
he's kind of getting his life back together and he's the one they turn to because it's established in a, in a passing bit about uh, how he was a builder or he was working on a building site so they get him in to build this brothel and he turns up and he's like oh it'd be really nice if we had some mood lighting in here and and it's like he, he clearly has some skills to add or some 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 value to bring and he's the one building this this brothel and so when the when the when the big bad turns up and stops it from happening because like he can't have competition in town it's Ewan McGregor and, and Sick Boy and, and Renton aren't screwed over by this because they're going to go on to the mm. next scam. It's Sick Boy that ends up getting fucked mm. because he's the one that um, he now no longer has an outlet, no no way to feel valued um, in himself because he's the one who was doing this work. Mm. Um, and it's just frustrating. Like For me, this movie should not have been about Renton and Sick Boy. This movie should have been about Spud. There's a, there's um, a really nice thing with Spud, um, that, a nice point that they make where... Um, he's really good at signatures, and I think it's only a plot. It's only a plot it's, thing it's, to work. Yeah, because he can forge signatures. It's and a, like, yeah, it's, it's, it's a plot thing that that turns out to be useful at the end. As Veronica, oh, it's very much a checkoff loaded gun. Yeah, Veronica so needs like, yeah. Veronica needs him at the end to forge Renton and Simon's signatures so that she can make off with the money. And he knows she's going. She, he she, knows she's going to yeah, do it, she, and he enables her in the same way that he he sees Renton walking out and with does the money nothing. And does nothing. Yeah. So he's kind of he's used by her in the same way that he's used by Renton. So there's a, a poetry to it, but I, I do really like what they do. It's a fantastic piece of writing that where they summarize his life in that one thing, where he's got a talent. He's he's got an amazing talent, an incredible talent that, oh, that yeah, should, yeah. should make him a millionaire. It should make him a tremendous asset. But just at the time, Chip just at him. the time where it's starting to pay off, people stop using checks. People yeah, go. chip and pin. Yeah, what happened? Chip and pin. Um, I love it. It's, <laughs> it's brilliant. It's it's but yep. it's just the the worst luck. The just, luck just getting screwed. Never yep. just getting screwed. Just never works yep. out for him. Never works out for you. Uh, yeah. Which is it, it's, it's a credit to the credit to the writing writers for that that little nugget. I think. Oh, it's such a frustrating movie. Really like beautiful. there's there's elements of great story in here mm. and great writing, and then it just feels like. Again, I, I feel like this is because you've got Ewan McGregor and Johnny Lee Miller, who is currently starring in, um, at the time this movie was released, he's currently starring in the US the US adaptation of Sherlock Holmes. There were two modernizations of Sherlock, Sherlock Holmes that happened in the late 2010s. One was the BBC with, with Benedict Cumberbatch, and the other one was um, Elemental, um, Elemental, Elementary, um, with um, Johnny Lee Miller as, as Sherlock Holmes, set in New York. And... Um, before you poo-poo it, it's actually pretty good. Mm. Um, and he is a reasonable star at the time. And again, uh, just being completely cynical, that's why this movie gets made, right? You've got Johnny Lee Miller and Ewan McGregor um, in a movie. You, you've got all of the original cast. Uh, they keep teasing the soundtrack from the first film. Mm. Like, it's it, honestly, it's a fucking strip tease with this um, with, with this soundtrack. And um, and you've got Danny mm. Boyle, Academy Award winning Danny Boyle. Yeah. Like, those elements alone get this movie made. Like, someone's like, oh yeah, I'll pony up some money for that. Um, There's a scene, that's a great a, film. So, so much so, you mentioned teasing the music, so much so that he literally plays about a half a second of Lust for Life in one yep. of the scenes and then early bumps on. The, and then yep. lifts the, drops the needle on the record and then lifts it straight off again. Uh, it's, yep. And it, there's a lot of that. There's a lot of kind of teasing and referencing. They they go to the you mentioned you mentioned the running on the treadmill, um, referring to the running, and they actually go to the place. Renton is hit by a car and comes you know comes up and puts his hands 
on the bonnet of the car in the same way as it happens in the opening scene. Um, some of it works better than others. It's always a tr- it's always a fine balance with sequels where they're kind of they're, they're rewarding people who know the first film well. Um, yeah, but it's it that, can become it's... a little bit kind of nudge nudge you in the ribs. Ah, huh? ah, huh? yeah, you know uh, that. Uh, you saw uh, that. that in reference the first humor movie. <laughs> it's like Family Guy, right? So Family Guy, a lot of a lot of the joke for Family Guy is um, is the reference humor, and you as the audience feeling smart because you get the reference that Family Guy is going for. It's like, ah, I remember the Fonz. Ha ha ha! Yeah. I'm smarter than the average person, or at least I'm as smart as the film the 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 showrunners think that I am. Um, and so we're on the same wavelength, you and I. And this, but this whole film is kind of that for the first film. It's kind of like train spotting greatest hits. Um, even uh, we haven't mentioned her, but Kelly McDonald, um, she mm. she plays um, a, a passing. She's barely in the first film. She's she's in it for no more than ten minutes, I think, um, in the first film. She's the the girl, the the, the passing love interest for um, Renton, yeah, the she girl gets, he meets at the nightclub. She gets billing on um, the. She's billed on the poster. She's top billing. She, there's five just, of them on the cover. A, maybe that's a gender diversity yep. plug because I, I, you're I, right. I, she doesn't do a whole lot in the movie she's she's literally just there as like renton sleeps with a schoolgirl, um and uh he doesn't realize she's a schoolgirl. wacky um, adventures wacky adventures in heroin um and but frustratingly she's well not frustrating she's in this movie as well but she's she she never was a drug addict uh, she's actually a very successful lawyer and and charges hundreds of pounds per hour um to yeah and she yeah she just turns up but she's just there and like you almost expect um there to be some kind of a almost but thankfully not you expect them to like get together and 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 for her to go oh renton you you old you old so-and-so um how could i not love you but no she's like so far fucking beyond their noise that's like yeah she 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 doesn't want anything to do with them she does drop a callback because it's it's renton and veronica and she does drop a callback to the first one as just as he's leaving veronica's a bit ahead and she pulls renton back and she says to him he's she's too young for you (laughs) <laughs> yeah Call it, calling back to the fact that she was in high school when they yeah when they slept together when, when he met her in the nightclub yeah you know? yeah the nightclub that was um famously not in edinburgh where the uh in glasgow where the first film was shot so the first film set in glasgow um and there's this famous shot of the outside of this nightclub uh, which is not in glasgow it's, it's, it's famously in edinburgh the, and the whole um, the first movie set in edinburgh isn't it it's not glasgow. well it's it's one way or the other i can't remember which way around it is it must but be the, the, the nightclub sure the whole it I'm must sure be the other way around but the nightclub is famously not in the city where that because it's this very famous exterior they they just shot it because it looks great it's just right this the name is in pink neon um you know backlit pink neon and it's very famously that nightclub wasn't in the city where the film was set and it's like it's very famously in another city and so unless they travel to the other city to go to the nightclub um it it um it's it's not in their town Mm. it's yeah so it's very famously yeah Mm. um oh so so many so much more to dig into in this movie because i man there's a bunch of other things that i think you could quite quite big things that would change this quite a bit we haven't talked about porno either um, the book because this is <laughs> not porno in general, just in general we just haven't talked about just, the sequel to train spotting you know what, porno. You know what re- yeah. would really enhance this conversation a quick sidebar playboy quick yeah. sidebar, sidebar into porno yeah. 
yeah, about porno production in Hollywood in 1975 through 82. The advent of VHS and how it destroyed the filmmaking industry. Yeah, let's talk about that. <laughs> so, porno... Um, yeah, so I read, I read porno not long after it came out. In fact, I, I recall... Um, I was busing to work at the time, and I recall there's quite a... It's quite a big book. It's quite thick, and there's a um, a face of a blow up doll on the cover. <laughs> and I recall it's bright pink, right? And I recall sitting on the bus, holding, <laughs> holding this book with this blow up doll's face on the cover, thinking, uh, maybe I should maybe I should switch to something else for my bus <laughs> bus reading. <laughs> Something to be said for ebooks and like the the oh, ubiquitous. No, no, it wasn't um, around in two thousand three. Black, my black tablet, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, which interesting point. So that's that's I think that's the point with porno and why. So the so transporting two is ostensibly based on porno, um, uh, in a in a sense in that porno is a sequel to Trainspotting, the book, and it does it does follow what happens to the characters after the after the end of train spotting um and 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 loosely speaking so there is a um it it does kind of loosely um the threat of begbie coming and wreaking his revenge on renton is kind of a a part of it he's this threatening presence in porno um but it's about so rather than setting up a brothel simon's um he is producing a porn film and that's his right. that's his next money making scam, um, and he's getting he's getting together. I, I was looking on the Wikipedia page, and it reminded me of the name of it, which is Seven Rides for Seven Brothers. Um, <laughs> and so he's he's producing he's producing this porn film, and um, so it's so it's about him. Uh, he's kind of the main character um, from the original. Bigby's there. Spud's there, even Renton is there, even though he's he's living in Amsterdam, having a successful life, but he funds the film. He's back in touch with Sick Boy, and he kind of funds the film from overseas. He can't go anywhere near Edinburgh. Um, but it's ostensibly about Sick Boy, and also a new character um, called... I, I looked this up. It's called, she's called Nikki, um, and she's an actress in, in the film. Right. And she's actually the main thing that I remembered from reading the book, because it kind of what i remember porno being about is um uh kind of mainstream attitudes to sex in the same way as that the train spotting was about mainstream attitudes to drugs and that everybody who takes drugs is an addict and drugs are bad um, where your point i forget if you said it on or off air it's not the drugs that are bad it's the addict it's the it's the, it's the addiction it's that's the, the killer it's the addiction that's the problem and porno I kind of read porno as being the same thing, but for um, promiscuity, where right. it's a, a, it's a, a this woman, yeah, she agrees to be in this film, and it's it's presented as quite an empowering thing for her. Um, and I, I mean, I don't want to get into that kind of uh, feminist takes on on we're woefully unqualified to sexual, discuss yeah, yeah. sexual empowerment let's let's not go close to that but that's that's the thing that's what i remember that book delving into where right. where the, the general theme yeah. was 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 yeah okay where the porno element of 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 transporting two is taken out it's, it's transferred it's about a brothel and it's about a woman who so that character nikki is replaced by veronica um yeah. and 
she is uh, essentially the, her um, what she is seeking is to have this a brothel established with, uh, which she can work at as the madam yeah so rather than because she's come from the old country to 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 make her fortunes in in the uk um in scotland i don't know why you'd go to scotland to make your fortunes but um she's she's done that she's wound up working in a brothel and uh that's where she's met simon and simon has taken her out of the brothel um and has promised her this 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 better life that he is unable to deliver and um, so the whole idea of making the brothel is one as a money-making enterprise, but also and to make use of the fact that he's got this pub um, that is failing. Oops, there goes my phone. Um, um, make this pub uh, and, and reuse this pub mm. um, to turn it into something resembling its former glory. Because we keep getting these shots of, of them as a young, of young kids um, at a party in this pub. Um, so it's about this fleeting mm. glory and, and recovering it. Mm. Um, and uh, yeah, it's just weird. But. Yeah, and and I think so. They've part of the reason they've taken that away is it's. I mean, it's, it's kind of unfilmable how how graphic that needs to be. Uh, some of the graphic depictions of sex. If you're gonna if you're gonna make that film, make a film about making porno, um, right? But also in the book, which was written, it came out in 2002, so it was presumably being written around 2000. The making of porn was still Born. was still a was... cinematic production to a degree yeah. um <laughs> there, needed... there was still there was still a cameraman yeah. and someone with a microphone and, yeah. and you, editing and stuff the fact yeah the fact that you needed a camera where this movie came nowadays out, do you want a smartphone cool. well what year did this come out 90, 2017 yeah 2017 so even yeah. in those in those 15 years um it's gone from being uh, yeah. something that's still that's it's still an enterprise to something that yeah. anyone can just do yeah nowadays like if you want to make porn like you can have a live you know a sex cam or a live cam set up or a twitch or or a twitch equivalent adjacent yeah. set up like yeah okay the technology's moved on now that yeah. like so there's making porn is not the cast of dozens and crew of dozens more it's literally two people but it does mean they and it does they never really explore veronica as she's reduced to not much really similar to, no. to to what diane is in the first one she's um, she's slightly more expanded character um yeah you don't so you she's don't got look... more to do than diane did in the first one because diane literally just turns up in a handful of scenes mm. maybe two or three scenes at the most and she delivers um, she the, is so veronica veronica delivers the the um the betrayal at the end yep. to mark and simon that mark himself delivered to simon last time around that's right um it doesn't leave you with much to really feel about it though you kind of see, you have this you nice moment where she you see it coming from a long way out but there's this nice moment where um she offers to take spud with her and spud chooses not to go because what would he do and he wouldn't know what to do and you know mm. this is where his life is and so there's that nice moment but then this comes back to my issue that this movie is a uh, i think i said this off air originally that this movie is the main character of this movie is the wrong character so yes again it's 2017 you've got ewan mcgregor and johnny lee miller in a movie they're your they're your, your headliners but this movie really should have been about spud 
um mm. and it really should have been his redemption arc he's the one that's actually got an arc i cared about i mean maybe it's just me maybe maybe i just wanted to see a, a more um i wanted to see a movie more about the life of like a drug addict who doesn't get clean and and their redemption arc and finding finding purpose in the world and they actually say in the film like you have to replace one addiction with another addiction and my experience with addiction um although not heroin related is i used to smoke and i quit smoking but i really at one point i just had to come at that and go oh i have to treat this like addiction i have to treat this as an addiction as opposed to treat this as like a lifestyle change or whatever but so you know the whole idea of like getting clean and coming off the cigarettes and all the rest of it so by no means of the imagination should i am i trying to reduce my my quit smoking to the same level as like heroin addiction but please dear listener don't make that mistake but um uh he is you're, yeah. you're right that he is he is the only one who is still struggling with that with yeah he's the only one still struggling same, yeah. which in, in the same way as they all are in the first <clears throat> in the first movie um that's right Renton is, 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 is Renton's able to get clean in the first one and then as, as he talks about that once you are clean once you've been through the withdrawals then you've got to deal with the boredom then you've got to find what you're going to fill the time with. the hole with yeah what are you going to fill yeah. the hole with um which never quite and, and that's what spud is never quite able to find um and should, so if, spud gets this and this so spud gets yeah. this whole um where he's he he discovers he, he you know he's got a he's got a voice that he can capture in writing and veronica is like oh i love this this is so good and then there's that great there's a, there's a pretty decent scene with begby um where begby turns up and is reading so spud's frightened because he's been pretty brutally honest about begby um and uh begby actually likes the highlights of his life in the written form so he he is reading about some of his old exploits and they harken back to some of the earlier scenes again it's train spotting the greatest hits um and they they harken back to some of those scenes and um begby is like he has this epiphany moment where he's like oh i had this life um and i i didn't need to have this life because i had this life because my father was a certain way he has this moment where he recognizes that the, the way he he was treated as a child is the way that he is treating his now estranged child because begby has this whole story where he's broken out of prison and he's getting back into his old um, life and he's trying to reconnect with his now 20 year old son or 19 year old son who doesn't want to be a crook he wants to go and do hotel management he's he's studying a course and begby hates him because he's he's not like his dad and getting into fights and um, he's lying to his criminal cohorts about how he turned around and his son was all tooled up with a with a with a lamp or whatever you know candle mm. holder or whatever it was he was going to do in this old codger who was they were stealing TVs from, um, and uh, and then he has this he has this epiphanous moment and then goes and finds his son before he he plots to go and do murder and says that's all right boy um, you can have your life and and live it a different way to me because you know. Um, i i was i was wrong um you know i feel like we've got this common ground so that character grows and learns a little bit with this freaking scooby-doo mm. ending um and it's just frustrating because but it should be should be spud it should be spud so well, i actually yeah i did i my take on the on the characters who actually are in this i yeah i'm, I'm happy if it's if it's even between mark simon and spud i think what the bold decision here would have been to to remove Bigby, to have have Bigby have died in prison, have gotten into a fight in prison and died. 
take him out of the picture because the while he is there you're 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 waiting for the encounter you're waiting for this you know he, he, sure, yeah. he is yeah. he is the threat he is the antagonist and and, and the story is about there's this there's this looming threat in the background of everything they do when are they going to run into Bigby and you know it's going yeah. to happen at the end you know their climax is going to be overcoming the this big bad um yeah he's basically Jason Voorhees a Scottish where, Jason Voorhees yeah, in this film but where that's not like train spotting's not a horror movie it's there is no antagonist it's it's guys and their and, addiction and um uh, you know uh, and, 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 and are they, are they going to be loyal? Are they gonna, yeah, yeah, the lies that it causes. Are they going to be loyal to the to each other? Are they, are they going to screw each other over? Um, how does it affect their interrelationships? And how does that affect? How does that tie in with uh, Scottish, you know, uh, culture of mateship, um, football, mm. you know, bonding over, bonding over football oh, yeah. and school culture, um, a, a history of Scotland being you know being in a, a famously oppressed. Yeah. Um, nation by a larger and more powerful na- colonial neighbor um, you know there's, there's there's all of that stuff that plays out in train spotting where in train spotting too and they they, 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 they touch on it but uh, you, you never really dig into that because it's the the, the looming the looming threat is is not it's, it's none of that none of that intangible cultural stuff it's just this terrifying terrifying he is absolutely terrifying as a as oh, a character yeah. um force of nature uh, but that that becomes all it's all, the only the only threat rather than each other or society or you know disillusionment and, it, and in fact yeah. they, they even about two-thirds of the way through they even they um simon and mark shoot up they shoot up heroin yeah and they get high nothing really happens no it's like they have a wild trip uh, and then they wind up at a disco and i, th- I think they have a good time i think what they're trying to tie it to is the disco is where they encounter bigby, bigby. mark and yeah. mark and bigby wind up in a toilet store next to each other and i guess you meant to you meant to assume that if they hadn't shot up the heroin they probably wouldn't have gone to the disco but they Maybe. wouldn't have been expecting to run into Bigby at a disco anyway he's just there trying to get laid he's trying to get laid because he's so big big Bigby turns out his impotent and um can't get it up and so he steals a bag of um viagra from his criminal mates and um uh, he's tried unsuccessfully a couple of times with his wife his long-suffering wife uh to to perform the deed and has failed mm. to do so so he pops some pills and decides to go to the nightclub to try and to try and pick up a, a wee bonnie lass and um and and seemingly successfully does so and goes to the toilets to to drop a few um viagra to 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 rise to the occasion um and in doing so encounters renton who's who's hiding in a toilet stall i can't remember why renton's in the toilet stall if he's if he's there to try and just escape the noise or if he's literally just following some bodily function but that that and then and participates in a counter between Begbie um, and Renton, where Begbie is chasing Renton down mm. like some kind of Scottish Jason Voorhees. Yeah. Um, and uh, he's menacing. Like, you know that once Begbie gets his hands on Renton, he is going to absolutely fuck him up. Um, but my my only issue my only issue with this is um, it's established earlier in the film that Renton is is healthy and fit 
um, and regularly goes running. And one of his uh, rehabilitation uh, things for sick boy uh, for Spud, sorry, is to he buys Spud a pair of running shoes mm. and says, "Now we're exercising." Um, and and he, and it's that whole idea of you're replacing your drug addiction with an exercise addiction. Mm. These these are the steps. These are the twelve steps. Um, and um, I, I I struggle because Renton, uh, sorry, uh, Bigby has spent the last 30, 20 years in prison for um, assault or for um, a bank a robbery gone wrong, um, and he he keeps pace with Renton on the streets of of, of uh, Edinburgh. Uh, whereas I, I, I kind of feel like Renton would have left him for dirt. Yeah. <laughs> there would be no keeping up with him because um, he's, he's, he's physically fit and active. So, yeah, I feel like he would have just left Begbie behind. Being, being a bit of a runner myself, I feel like feel like there would have been no contest. He would have been wheezing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's just recovered from being stabbed through the liver. He is not running after <laughs> Renton. <laughs> Also, also, there's a neat bit about um, about how at the end of that encounter, Renton gets away, um, only only slightly scathed, um, and uh, Begbie is sporting a, a huge hard on. So, um, and uh, I feel like this whole whole idea of him trying to murder Renton and, and getting sexually aroused in the process, like I don't know, it's if he if the filmmakers are intentionally trying to make a um, a link between sex and violence um, and, and and arousal. Or maybe they, or are they maybe that scene would have been better. Guy yeah, an old guy, older guy taking Viagra. Yeah, but, but instead of like, yeah, exactly. Violence. Yeah, making instead of making like some kind of powerful link between sex and violence, um, or some you know, it, I mean, it's an overused link, I guess, at this point. But um, instead, it's a joke about an old guy taking Viagra. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, anyway. What else? We're going. To, we're 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 nearly at our time. Anything else you want to touch on? Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about like the impact of the first film because I mean, again, you can't really talk about this film without talking about the first film. Because um, this, the frustratingly for me, this film coming away from this movie, all I really wanted to do was go back and watch Train Spotting, which mm. is which is a far superior film. Um, I um I, I spotted a review of of this film that said that it um it paid excellent lip service to the first film and like that was that was um respectable exercise and fan service the washington post and hornaday of the washington post said about this film respectable fan service um yeah i wonder how so. that wonder how the first one holds up um the first one's still pretty good there is an element of um uh of like there's a silliness to it in places which there's jarring it doesn't fit in the context the the powerful moments hang up like the all of the drug scenes all of the the nightmare coming clean scenes they all still hold up some of the effects are obviously um iffy in places but um the baby on the ceiling with the head spinning you know Mm. a la exorcist is still pretty decent Mm. um like the whole film is is still really well put together and it's it's it is powerful and it's um it's got that weird ending where he's walking away smiling um it's clearly he's walking off and the, the choose life thing is playing and the the born slippy mm. um music starts playing again 
I don't really feel, I feel like you can't talk about this film without the soundtrack as well, which became so freaking iconic. You couldn't get away from it in 1996. Mm. Um, it was just everywhere. Everyone had this fucking soundtrack playing all the fucking time. Um, and that the, the marketing with the, the T, the train spotting and then the five of them yeah. on the cover, um, even though Diane's barely in the movie, um, it's got the five of them. Um, and then there was the, like, all those iconic shots, like the reverse of the um, Abbey Road Beatles shot where they're walking yeah, the other way and crossing yeah. the street. Like the whole film is so iconic. Um, and this, like, you might not have seen Trainspotting, but you will have seen either promotional material, heard music from the soundtrack that arguably is only famous because of the soundtrack. Um, and or the only reason you've ever heard it is because it was on the soundtrack and it made it such a mainstay. Um, Iggy, Iggy Pop obviously got a huge boost in mm. um, 90s sales because of this film and Lust for Life being reintroduced to a modern audience. Um, it's, and then again, it just, it really feels to me like this film is just coasting so much on mm. the original film. And it's just like, you had an opportunity. I, I feel like I love the idea of coming back to these characters 20 years later and seeing how fucked up their lives are or, or you know, go, go a clockwork orange um uh, book uh, ending where they've put aside the violence and, and misdeeds of their youth and written all of it off to, to youthful violence mm. um, uh, but they don't they they instead you've got these characters that are only slightly 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 moved on from where they were and the characters that uh, and Begbie for example like you could I think there's a sequel or another spin-off book to the Begbie character called the Blade Artist um, written by Irvine Welsh um, that I think they were talking about doing a spin-off film for that. Like, it, like those characters, like if you're going to do a, a redemption arc for those characters, like I would rather see that redemption arc. I feel like we had the Renton story told, like we don't need to know any more about that character. Mm. He screwed over his mates. He mm. moved on. He went to the Netherlands, had a life, whether he was happy or not, who cares? Um, but um, I mean, if you're going to do it, like there's a story to be told about, like, um, I guess uh, a famous New Zealand movie is uh, oh um, uh, I can't remember the name of the original book, but the sequel is What Becomes of the Brokenhearted, oh. and it's uh, Once for Warriors. Once for Warriors, thank you. And it's and it's it's this redemption story told about this this awful character, this force of nature character, like um, and and like how they get their life back on track, or mm. how they how they come to come to grips with the the sins of their past. I feel like there's a story there in this movie, but um, I don't know. Again, they came at it. They were like, we've got Johnny Lee Miller. We've got Ewan McGregor. They're both reasonably big name stars. That's how we get this movie made. And we get to tell a cool story with them in it. And they're like, cool, let's do that. But the real story for me is Spud. It's it's the relationship between Bigby and his son and, and coming out of prison and realizing that all of his violence was was he's a product of his environment and, and he's creating an environment for his son that's just going to produce another one of him. Mm. Um, and and it's it, those are the stories I want to see. Like, I don't know. This movie's frustrating. Um, great bits. Fantastically shot. Well put together. Great acting. Soundtrack is good. I mean, it's all just the greatest hits of the first film. The first film but Oh, and some queen thrown in there as well because you need some radio gaga apparently yeah 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 that's all fair (laughs) that's all fair yeah i actually went to a um you mentioned this talk about the soundtrack i went to um uh a show a couple of weeks ago and as i was getting i parked a few blocks away in the middle of um 
um, Ponsonby. Oh, yeah. And there was a, a house party on at a villa in Ponsonby. And um, it was a dress up party. And I could see about oh, yes. 10, you know, 20 somethings um, outside, dressed as, you know, nuns and cowboy, oh, yeah. cowboys, right, right, gangsters. Right. And they were playing Born Slippy. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, man, I. I want to I go in old. there. I want to go in there so much and just <laughs> tie, do, go tie, walk into this time warp. <laughs> how many of those? How many of those parties did I go to? Oh my god! This soundtrack. Um, I can't. There, I don't think there was a party between the years of nineteen ninety six and I want to say two thousand and three, where this where the CD wasn't thrown in the CD oh, changer. Yeah. Oh yeah, um, everywhere. It was. It, it was such an iconic soundtrack. Um, so funny. <laughs> uh, you just want to go in there and tell these youngins about the soundtrack <laughs> that they're listening to. I remember when this came out. I, I mean, years ago, um, uh, we have a mutual friend and he would tell a joke. So I'm not going to steal his joke, but he would tell a joke about um, how one day in the future people will call up the radio station or whatever the equivalent of a radio station is. And they'll want to hear um, the new that old banger smack my bitch up by the prodigy and like but he would do it in this old man voice so i'll, I'll try and uh, i'm not going to steal his joke this isn't my joke but he would call up and go i would like to hear that old banger from the prodigy smack my bitch up <laughs> uh, <laughs> like it's actually not far from that oh, we're there we're, we're there now. we're almost there we're there it's so funny yeah god yeah and all the like the this soundtrack was so so big there were two soundtrack cds released for it one and two <laughs> they went back to the well it was a sequel <laughs> a sequel to the soundtrack a sequel to the soundtrack <laughs> music inspired by um yeah m- music from the motion but again again this this is at the tail end of the this is the mid 90s so you really were getting to the end of the era where movies had big tie-in soundtracks to go along with them Hmm. so like um you could have a small independent film and you could almost make your money back on the sale of the soundtrack um so long as you got a a really neat soundtrack so i'm I'm trying to think of other films right now that have iconic soundtracks from this from this period and the only one that i can think of is we recently did it the crow Hmm. uh, which had which had the soundtrack that probably was as successful as the film was Hmm. so they probably made it almost as much money from the soundtrack as they did from the fucking movie itself but yeah uh yeah so many so many absolute um absolute classic tracks lou reed perfect day while everyone's dying of heroin yeah overdose love it all right okay we should wrap this up probably you wanna, yeah. you wanna so where make... do we where do we fall on it is it is it verging on greatness or wallowing in mediocrity i i don't i can't call this verging it's no it's it's, it's the first wallowing. one's it's, a classic it's fine it's oh yeah it's totally I'll, solid I'll, song. it's it's respectable like it could have been it's, worse They're i going, don't know we need it, we need to squeeze it, it into our binary binary picking mechanism here it needs to be one <laughs> or the other mike there's no room for middle ground you take no, you, you take a classic property um tw- and you re- reboot it 20 years later with the original cast um a, a, a lot more works in this movie 
than it than it perhaps has. It's any, a lot more consistent. Has any right to yeah yeah. Um, it's a, comparing it to the first one. The first one's really uneven, and there's a lot of really like obviously in the first one, everyone is working so very very hard to make the best fucking movie they can with the resources they've got. And there's there's some silly bits in the first one, like the bit where they're shooting dogs in the in the playground or in the park with a with an air rifle so that the dog attacks the owner like there's there's silly bits in it which i assume come straight out of the book um but it's an uneven movie in many ways it it, it reeks of a sophomoric effort where mm. like clearly hugely talented people not yet completely in control of what they're doing whereas this film solid 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 like i cannot stress enough how good it feels and looks and everything about it um feels so pro so danny boyle mm. um i love to hate him but he is really on top of his game like he really knows how to make a movie um, but i just feel that the the story doesn't support the fucking excellent filmmaking in this movie mm. but anyway yeah anyway all right We'll wrap it up. Um, we'll see okay. you next time, folks. Uh, if you got a like and subscribe, y'all. Yeah, if you got a movie you want to request, um, hit us up. Uh, you know where to find us. We promise this won't become the Danny Boyle um, podcast. I think this is our third Danny Boyle film that we're doing. So. Yeah, yeah, because we did the yeah. we did Slumdog and we did Sunshine. We so did. This is, we did. So this is number three. He's probably um. And and most... someone has actually requested that we do a life less ordinary. That would make Danny Boyle movie number four. Oh wow. So, um, yeah. So we might have to do a life less ordinary at some point, but we might we might give it a little bit of room so that we're not we're not doing just Danny Boyle films. But you never know. All right. Got right, me, Craig. See you, everyone. Bye, y'all. Thank you.